is a couple of bros on a Monday. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock. And Bo, they made a signing, that being the Arizona Cardinals, earlier today, adding to the receiving core. We thought they'd subtract before they would add, but no, 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 via numerous reports, Zach uh, help me with his last name, Pascal. Zach Pascal, not our favorite Pascal. That'd be Pedro Pascal, <laughs> but Zach Pascal joins the Arizona Cardinals on a two year deal. What do you think it means for guys like Hopkins, Rondell Morham? What is the ex Eagle ex Colt bring to the Arizona Cardinals? I don't think he really does anything to kind of push anybody around to fit his way into the depth chart, but I think what uh, Zach Pascal does is he brings physicality to the wide receiver position, obviously some size, because when you talk about guys outside of DeAndre Hopkins, we expect not to be on this roster to start next season. Uh, not a whole lot of guys that are over six feet tall. Uh, so you need a little bit of size and you're like, okay, well, if he's tall, he's probably an outside guy, but no, he actually played primarily through the slot during his career. Close to 60% of so the snaps he's taken has been in the slot. But versatile, a guy who knows his role and, and kind of fits the blueprint of the players that, you know, I know it's not a long list of guys. I think this is the fourth external signing for the Monty Austin Fort in the cards. Uh, but he fits kind of, he knows the, the scheme. He fits the philosophy. He's a guy that's going to be adaptive. He's going to be a guy that's going to be explosive, violent, and smart. So I, I you kind of like it. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a low risk with medium reward because that's yeah. what they're looking for. And and they're looking for guys to fit roles and they're looking for guys that are going to be able to kind of relay the scheme and the philosophy to the, the team that's in place because they want to hit the ground running and, and they need guys that are going to be able to do that on the fly and do it early. I like him because he's not small. I mean, can we, can we be frank about that? Um, yeah. I put this out on Twitter. Drew Petzing's offense last year in Cleveland, I get it. He was the quarterback coach, but I mean, this is going to be a very similar offense. They didn't have a receiver under six foot, including the tight ends. I mean, it was a, it was a big, big group. Their backs were big. Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. Cardinals are too small. They got a small quarterback. You, you can't do anything about that. Kyler's electric, but you talk about Rondell Moore, Hollywood Brown, Greg Dorch, Kyler Murray is small guys. And so this is the first, I think, stepping stone to say, okay, we need some size at receiver. You have Zach Ertz and, and Trey McBride, who we both think are going to be staples of the offense. Now you get a guy who I think is going to be a red zone target. And, and listen, I, we got some pushback on Twitter. It's like, well, he didn't do much for Philadelphia. Here's two, two, a twofold for Philly. So running team first, right? How many, how many times do we see Jalen Hurts QB keeps? Now his, his passing numbers were better, but that's not an air out, air out of offense. And the Cardinals are going to have a good balance of running and throwing the football. But that team also has A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I think Presumably after a Hollywood Brown or excuse me, a DeAndre Hopkins trade, AJ Brown or Devontae Smith would be the number one receiver on the Arizona Cardinals. So they don't have those players. We wish they did, but now they bring in a guy who for Indianapolis, and I've read up on him this morning a little bit, not a ton, but it's like he forced his way as the number two receiver with Indy those couple of years with T.Y. Yeah. Hilton and then um the aforementioned receiver from uh USC. And he had guys like Philip Rivers. Yeah, Michael Pittman, and he had guys like Philip Rivers and and uh, Wentz throwing him the football. So I'm encouraged by this. Super high character. I mean, do we know that already? Uh, they're bringing in guys who are going to rally the troops in the locker room, who people are going to follow. He's 28 years old. He's not old. He's not 35. It's not A.J. Green 2.0. He plays special teams, right? And you posted an interesting nugget on Twitter 
60% of his snaps come from the slot, which I like that because the yeah. Cardinals intermediate passing game last year was broken in part because I think their underneath receivers are too small. And I think yeah. this is Greg Dortch plays bigger than, than his size. I think we can all attest to that. Somebody like Rondell Moore, like, I don't think this eliminates Rondell Moore, but man, like you've got a big physical target. Now, presumably it's going to play underneath Hollywood's going to play outside. I think they'll add another outside receiver. I think this puts some pressure on Rondell Moore. Like, Hey, you got to stay healthy. Because if not, we got somebody like, this is not Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime that are going to give Rondell Moore upteen chances to right. get out there and be productive. This is, hey, Zach Pascal's produced. He's got better numbers than Rondell Moore has had in the NFL. You better stay healthy and be on the field and be productive in this offense. If not, you're going to get passed by. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, I thought last season, especially because you look at the the you try to comp what Philly had and what Jonathan Gannon wants to take from Philly uh, yeah. some of their concepts. And obviously you're going to look to Cleveland, a lot of the concepts that Drew Petzing and, and Stefanski put together there with the Browns. Um, that That's what something the Arizona Cardinals are going to do. And maybe some takeaways from some other teams that run a little West coast or uh, just depending on what they want to kind of establish as far as offensively, but like just using Philly as an example, does Rondell Moore, does Hollywood Brown fit more like the Devonte Smith mold? Like, Let's see what they what they can do or who, who can fit that. But you've got a guy who can come in and play some slot. He can play some outside. I posted on my social media just his lone touchdown from last season. It's like he had two guys in the slot. So it's not like yeah. they're going to lack on opportunities there. And I'm not saying they're going to completely take away and in, 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 in just completely copycat Philadelphia. But, you know, you had like you had Dallas Goddard as the X on the outside. You could definitely see a guy like Trey McBride playing that role in a fake little tight end screen that left a guy like uh, Pascal wide open in the slot down the field. It was a beautiful play design and you, you, you get excited that that caliber of, of play is coming to the Valley in the form of Drew Petsing and then having somebody that can run it at a, at a level like Pascal did. And yeah, you got to look to his Indianapolis Colts days really for the productivity back-to-back -back seasons of 600 plus yards receiving uh, you know, he's he's not a guy that's shy of the end zone. He's he's, he's reached the end zone, what, 16 times in his career. That's yeah. quite a bit for somebody that's just been a role player. But I think he just fits into any wide receiver room in the league. And Correct. I think that, that's what they're looking for. And and to not have to break the bank, and get a guy in on a two-year deal on that, that fits the mold of what Monty's trying to do to kind of move the chains here from 2023 to 2024, let this team get competitive, but also get into this system and start to set the groundwork of what Jonathan Gannon and Drew Petsing want to do offensively. Like, look where they're giving assurance to guys on multi-year contracts, albeit they're, I mean, Kaiser got, what, a, a two-year contract? Beecham got a two-year contract. Now we've talking about uh, Zach getting a two-year contract. I mean, these are modest two-year deals. Beecham's money came out today. It's almost the vet minimum, right? Kaiser's not making a ton of money. I would imagine Zach's contract is very modest. But these are guys who are like, yeah, we want you around for two years. We're going to, because you're going to help us see this through because there are going to be some difficult times and we need leaders of men in this locker room. So I, it, we've been harping on this because we've get, been told, I mean, character matters over everything or even more so sometimes than talent. That's why they're not going to be players for somebody like Jalen Carter. The Cardinals took risks on character within the Steve Kime era with Robert Kimdichie, 
and and some other guys, and it burned them. Darius Philon never played a snap for them. They gave him big-time money. Suggs yeah. had a foot out the door. They begged Rodney Hudson to come back, even though he was basically retired. Like, get, they would rather have, outside of you know what's going to be their premium talent that's acquired early in the draft, guys with lower ceilings with higher floors because their character is immense. And there was a really good comment today on Twitter, or a question, I should say, asking – well, you know, did the Cardinals have a bunch of character guys, bad dudes in their locker room? I don't think they had bad guys in their locker room last year, but mm-hmm. here's what they did have. They had a group that with no clearly defined people to follow, so much so that Michael Bidwell had to call the team on hard knocks, saying people were cutting corners. You walk, you look at these signings mm-hmm. right now, and they're not going to blow anybody away. They're not going to be front-page headliners, but they're accountability guys for Jonathan Gannon that he can go into and say, I've had Zach in Indianapolis, I've had him in Philadelphia. I can go to him. We can go to him and say, get these guys, get their shit together, right? We didn't practice hard today. What's going on? Same with Kaiser with Nick Rallis on defense. The Cardinals did not have enough of those players. And so now every signing that you see and why I think the quarterback that they bring in is eventually going to be this kind of kind of guy as well. It, it just it it's the it's the bones of the rebuild. It's not right. the glossy shit that everybody's going to be excited about. Right. It's not the it's not the headliners. It's not the four bedrooms. It's not the it was some it's not the screened in porch or the four seasons room. It's not the waterfall pool in the backyard. It's wow. the bones of what's going to be, I think, <laughs> a very nice home that eventually is going to take some time to build back up. And they're starting that now. We're seeing right. what they're, what they're it's creating is. functionality throughout your roster. Right. right. I mean, that's what you need where you just had. You had some really shiny pieces, right? That when they operated at a high level, when they were available, like that's awesome. Like that can yeah. get you there. But you know, when when those when those shiny pieces are down and out, you you don't have anything as far as the bones of it to fall back on. Like you, you, the the Cardinals were just going, okay, we had a lottery ticket in sixth round. Let's hope it fucking works because this is all we got, right? Or mm-hmm. we, we this is a guy that that we brought in off the streets to play center because we banked on a guy that was pre- pretty much calling it a career in July and now we need him up to speed in mid September to, to hopefully get us back to the playoffs. I mean, that that's just not how you build a team. This is, you know, this is not exactly how you build a team. This is how you clean up the mess from the previous regime and you start to work towards it. And then, and then you, you get your eight picks plus, you know, whatever you're going to get for potentially trading down or what you're going to get potentially in a Deandre Hopkins deal. And I know we're going to talk about that later, you know, what the market looks like, but, you know, you're going to have extra picks. You're probably going to have double digit picks. And so rosters at 58 now, Johnny, with this Pascal edition. So you've got about 32 more spots to go. Let's say you get, you know, eight to 10 draft picks and then you get what? 10 to 15 undrafted free agents. That's about, mm-hmm. you know, now you're starting to see this, this, ras- this roster kind of develop and materialize and it's going to be really young, but if outside of the young players, you need vets that are professionals, that are consummate professionals, that know this system, know this way in brand of football that JG and crew wants to play, so that they can mentor these young, all these young players that are coming into this organization. You know, it would scare the shit out of me if I was Rondell Moore. You look at this kid and Zach Pascal or Pascal, however you pronounce his name. We're going to figure that out. Um, <laughs> He's played in 81 out of 82 NFL games in his, what, five-year career? He's missed one game. He missed one game two years ago. That is, what, that is what I want to see. 
to me, it's like, okay, I love all the shiny toys that you have, but they don't practice. They don't play. How does that help this team? And we got word today, and we've known about it for a little bit. I'm not just bullshitting everybody, that the Cardinals are making some significant changes to their training staff. They've reassigned Buddy Morris, right, to a to a new position. Again, this is this is public now. Um, other people are reporting it, but the Cardinals have made significant changes. Um, they're making significant changes to their personnel and to the to the administrative and training staff. And and yeah. I can be frank with everybody. These are Jonathan Gannon decisions. These are not Michael Bidwell decisions. This is Michael Bidwell and Monty Austin for to some extent. This is Mikey, Michael Bidwell going to Jonathan Gannon saying, do what you need to do. Get the right people in here. I, I want to see what it takes to be a winner, right? I know a lot of people are hung up on why are the Cardinals making these changes? Michael Bidwell is to blame. And, and listen, the, the fact that they've never won a, a, a championship, yeah, you can put that on the Bidwells. But everything that you're seeing behind the scenes and now publicly is an attempt from Bidwell to correct this. And it's not going to be an overnight correction. But I, I don't know how you can see, okay, first time to have an exterior GM since 94, a mm -hmm. very highly acclimated assistant GM, right? You're bringing in all these new people, new eyeballs. You're you're resetting now a lot of your administrative and training staff. And people want to say, well, this is on Bid Bidwell's trying to correct this. Now, I don't. Uh, we'd be foolish if we sat up here and said this is going to work 100%. Right. But this is not the Cardinals running it back and saying we're going to double down on what didn't work. And there, there are some people that are saying, well, we got to hold them accountable. This show in November and December, if you guys go want to go watch, watch the replays at PHNX Sports on YouTube, was basically demanding that Cliff Kingsbury be relieved of his job. Eat the contract of Cliff. Eat the contract of Kime. And they did that. And so I would say I would be cautiously optimistic. You're starting to hear some rumblings of some stuff going down uh, of this information. Yeah, I mean, look, you everybody was was pounding the table for them to clean house, and what's happening? They're cleaning house, yeah. and then they're they're pointing to the owner and saying that he's, you know, they're 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 just throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks and what they're familiar with. And yeah, you want to call Michael Bidwell cheap, but that doesn't that's not what's going on. You you called for a full organizational reset, and this is what's happening. Michael Bidwell is entrusting and empowering these new football minds to come in here and clean up this mess. And they're doing that is to the best of their capabilities. And what Monty Austinfort and Jonathan Gannon view as the way to fix this franchise. And it's not an indictment on the people that were here before, but it doesn't fit what Gannon and Monty want going forward. It's not what yeah. about what happened in the past. It's what they want going forward. And Gannon has said so much himself and I'm paraphrasing, but you know, Somebody was asked me, you know, what was, you know, was it the trainer's fault? Because as far as the athletic trainers and the staff there, they got a decent grade, one of the few decent grades as far as the team report card. And sure, yeah, it wasn't on the athletic training staff, but does it fit the philosophies of what Jonathan Gannon wants to do and how he wants these players uh, to, to, you know, prepare going forward? Uh, it, it must not have. So, you know, they decided to make a change and, and Reed is out. And, you know, we see Larry Fitzgerald say very nice things about it. And the guy deserves his flowers. Absolutely. And it, nobody, especially this podcast, is going to spike the football on somebody yeah. uh, losing their job. But, you know, you also have to look at what the job is from Awesome Fort Gannon. And that's to move this 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 organization, not just forward, but get them back to neutral. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of work to be done. So like. 
are you a respectable organization? Not a contending right. or a Super Bowl vibe, but are, can you be respectable that players don't turn their nose up at you during free agency, right? And you're not, you know, failing throughout the NFL PA grades. Best way I can put this Reed situation is like good people can can lose their jobs or can be reassigned because there's new people involved. Like go and look at the 2012 Arizona Cardinals, right? Ken Wisenhunt got fired. A lot of people thought, including Ray Horton, that he should have been kept on as the defensive coordinator. And he didn't fit what Bruce Arians wanted to do. And they let Ray Horton go. And that was an ugly scene for a hot minute. But who did Bruce Arians bring in? Todd Bowles. And they had the best two-year run defensively I think they've ever had in the franchise. 2014 helped Todd Bowles get a head coaching job with the New York Jets. So again, this is everything's not apples and oranges relative to each other. But I, I trust me, I would, I would take solace in knowing that most of these moves, if not all of them, are coming from the to, to the two new head guys that are that are operating under Michael Bidwell right now. He Michael Bidwell is, is taking the sage advice and recommendations and criticisms from these two guys, and they're making significant changes. I see the questions about the uniforms. We're going to talk about the uniforms later on, but I I thought that, that Bo, it's a good opportunity now. You that there are layers to this team which is fascinating to me that are being unveiled and developed every day outside of just the 53 man roster and the, the status quo for this team. It wasn't working. Right? No, there, there was nothing to say to look at and to, to take, uh, to take over the Arizona Cardinals and look at 2021 or before that and mm -hmm. say, Hey, this is worth saving here. This is something that we need to just, we need to hold on outside of like Jeff Rogers for a second time. Right. Yeah, uh, who was saved from the Wilkes era to the Kingsbury era and now part of the Gannon era. And I think that the special teams slash assistant head coach is well worth it. He, he's, he certainly earned it. But there, there was nothing to say, hey, like this is this is going above and beyond. This is something that competes at the top of the league. And yeah. this is something worth all because unless it, it fit that mold, then it then it should it's it's not, you know, um, it's not something that you should just say, okay, well, let's just move forward with the status quo. Let's just be content with this department because this or this this new regime wants more for this organization. They want more for themselves as a, as a front office, as as a coaching staff, and as from top to bottom as an organization. And, and Jonathan Gannon said it in an introductory press conference. So did Monty yep. Austin Fort as far as the unity that they want from top to bottom. That the front office is. They need the accountability there all the way down to those who mix the smoothies and the blenders and the custodial staff. They need it all to be working in unison and working at and operating at a high level. And they're realizing that it just wasn't. And it's not to the fault of, of the, the previous, you know, employees now and previous employees. Like I'm sure they did a great job, but was it enough to, in the eyes of the current and new coaching staff in front office to get them to where they want to go? That seems to be, there was a difference of an opinion. Uh, Michael Evans, I'm happy. New vision, new culture. Well, uh, we echo that. And part of our new vision here at PHNX is to partner with some of the, I would call, premier partners, vendors in the Valley. And I'm talking, of course, about our newest partnership with Circle K. We're so excited mm -hmm. to partner with our friends at Circle K. Check out your local Circle K for the best coffee, beer, snack selection, premium gas. I was driving by Circle K in the Valley. I took one of my many day trips over the weekend to the Valley. And I said, Oh my goodness, under significantly under what I see from other vendors for gas at circle K and perfect chance right now 
We got a little bit of a lull in the action. Stock up for March Madness ahead of the Sweet 16 Elite Eight this weekend. Ice coffee, $1.89. I'm always amazed. Like inflation has, has affected damn near everything. Then I go inside a Circle K and it's like it's I'm back in like 1995. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> they've got indoor sweepstakes right now. Um, 12 ounce Rockstar energy drinks for next to nothing. Monster energy drinks. Uh, buy to get one free fast twitch 12 ounce bottles. Uh, Red Bulls, 12 packs of beer for $9.99. Again, it's like, hey, what? we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're going to Circle K and we're not paying p- premium prices at the premium convenience store. We're so excited that, again, text PHNX31310 for an opportunity to win that sweet, sweet $500 gas gift card. See show notes for additional details. Uh, Ganonball, let's fucking go. Give me some of that <laughs> Circle K coffee. It's like, oh, it's like yes. rocket fuel, but Give I love it. Yeah. PHNX to 31310 and you win 500 bucks for gas. That will go a long way. Or donut or beer or snacks, you get the whatever sip you want and to save do. as well. I mean, you yeah. can get that. The Everybody's got a subscription-based service, and this is an actually one that's legit where you get a free drink every day with mm-hmm. the sip and save. You can just roll into Circle K and you just flash that you're a VIP to the sip and save. You're an SIP and save and you got yourself a free drink coffee solar pop whatever you want but also they got that sweet sweet nectar that is four peaks beer and we are just beyond giddy that we are partnered up with four peaks going forward we love it that they are synonymous with the the valley of the sun and and so are we and we love what they're doing and they love what we're doing over here you got Mm -hmm. spring baseball going on you've got uh spring training for a couple more weeks why not uh, get in on one of their spring training tours, brewery tours that they got going on through the month? You can pregame your baseball item, $25 tickets. It includes a brewery tour, beer samples, mainstay pint, brat, and chips. For $25? That's unbelievable. What? That's the Crazy. best deal in town. I'm, I'm going to go take advantage of that. You got the clear bag, of course, for Four Peaks swag. And the tour and events, you can find them at fourpeaks.com slash events. Be sure to follow them on your socials as well at Four Peaks Brew to get out the latest on Arizona's premier craft brewery, of course, just woven into the fabric that is our great state, 48, Arizona. Remember, fourpeaks.com slash events for all your beer week entertainment that goes down. You got to be 21 years or older. Enjoy the beer and enjoy it responsibly. But you can go to an 8th Street location, enjoy some of their great food as well and their non-alcoholic beverages. But Four Peaks, man, they're doing some big things have some big things going down and we're excited to announce soon. We've got a big announcement coming up here. Uh, I want to get to this 550 super chat. Thank you so much, Ben. Hopefully the majority of our starters over the next two years are on rookie deals. Will the Monty era start really in 2024, 2025? That's a popular question, Ben. We appreciate the super chat. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, we had a chance to connect with John again at the combine. He continually brought up, I don't know how relevant it is to the Cardinals. Different year, different division. The start the Eagles had in, what was that, 2022, uh, 2021, I'm sorry, and they were like one in six, and they rallied, and they made the playoffs. I I think that while he's not hoping to lose games or expecting to lose games in September, October, he is preaching the mindset that this is a, you're working your way to being your best version of yourself, your football team, by November and December. I would say... That has been the staunch opposite of, with all due respect, the Cliff Kingsbury years. So if you're thinking about, okay, is the product going to be better in November and December than in September? I think yes, right? Now, this team could get off to a fast start, 
but you're talking about a team that's going to ingratiate and play rookies. They're going to empower players into the best positions that they that they can succeed, a la Isaiah Simmons, hopefully. So I would say, for me, the vision of what this team wants to be, I think is gonna you're going to start to see that, especially in December and January, Bo. Yeah, but the quicker it happens, the more you know likely that you can go from a team that's you know playing hard and maybe the results aren't there just yet to where the results could surprise a, a bunch of different teams throughout the league and in a in a Jonathan Gannon team could upset some of the teams that you are going to be favored you know according to whatever sports book you look into. So uh, it, you, the one thing that you're going to know you're going to realize is this team's going to be more well prepared. It's going to be. Mm-hmm going to make adjustments unlike the the previous team and it's going to have more physicality and, and, and more athleticism because they're just going to be younger i mean the arizona cardinals was the roster was one of the oldest in the league last year so you're mm-hmm. going to see a lot of uh you know younger players get out there get more opportunities see more snaps and if if they were able to kind of find their way at the nfl level uh a little quicker than some anticipate like that's where you see teams i'm not saying they're going to be the seattle seahawks of, of 2023 but you know they're going to have an opportunity just because the the you're going to see younger players get unique opportunities that they don't always get on NFL rosters because they're so the win now is is so precious at the NFL level. Yeah. Another super chat, Michael Evans. What are QBs look like? Are we trading down for picks? Uh, it's an interesting question. We talk some draft right now, Michael. Five dollar super chat. Thank you so much. Um, and then I think we'll talk a little bit about DeAndre Hopkins, but Bo, I don't know if you saw this or not. There was um, a mock trade draft uh, that came out today that I think was from Team 33. Uh, they the do 30, some good 13, stuff. Yeah. 33rd team yeah. uh, had a new mock uh, with Arizona going from three to four while recouping pick 35 and taking Will Anderson. I think we're of the mindset that's the best case scenario. And I can also tell you guys definitively, Carolina called Arizona to talk about the third overall pick. And then you hear what Ryan Pohl said of that four teams contacted him for the number one overall pick. I would imagine, of course, that's Carolina. The Vegas Raiders, it's already been reported. They were interested in trading the number one. Yeah. Maybe that was Houston. And then there was another team. So, Michael, to answer your question, I still expect this team to trade down. And who knows? I mean, if this Hopkins market does not materialize to what they wanted, can it can they be under more pressure, Bo, do you think, to not only go from three to four, but then to trade down again? Do you believe the Hopkins compensation impacts what they do at number three? Not necessarily. No, I think that you can. You probably view this as your main lottery ticket now, right? Yeah. I mean, as far as accumulating picks and, and future draft capital, maybe even beyond this this year's draft. But mm-hmm. yeah, if you can now, – now it's like, okay – what's going to put you in a position to add impact players and, and guys that are going to be, you know, part of this roster, just building blocks, part of this roster going forward. And, you know, you look at that, that Colts pick that that's, I think that's where Arizona Cardinals fans should start to kind of really rally behind that. Don't you think, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. just get, let's not, let's keep it simple. Let's get a, a pretty high pick here. Almost a first round pick 34th overall or 35th mm-hmm. overall, right behind your second round pick. Uh, where I think you should entrust a guy like Monty Ossenfort and Dave Sears and Jonathan Gannon with all their scouting backgrounds to find you a player that's going to be here, you know, not only for the first four years of his rookie year, year, but an extension beyond that. I mean, I think it just simplifies things. And and then you get that guy 
within the top five still. But to, then you then you start getting too cute, right? And you start to try to. I mean, how many picks do you need at that point? Because if if you turn it into you know the, the, just the second round pick, then you have got nine, right? You have got nine mm-hmm. picks. I mean, are you are you really going to get close and upwards of like a dozen picks? I mean, what what is that going to do? And how many do you expect to kind of hit on? I, I don't know. I just think that that's here. Here's where I'll push back. Yeah, they have some position groups that I think could use complete and total gutting. Right. I would say outside of Marco Wilson, how many corners do they need? Four, five, the defensive line group. Uh, you can have them. I, I would flip that group uh, over in about 12 to 18 months. I would also say they need a, another frontline pass rusher. Right. Realistically, the interior offensive line is very much year to year. The running back group. Right. The receiving core we can already talk about is in flux. So I don't know if it's me and I can have all those lottery tickets and just say, these are my guys. I'm bringing them in and they're getting a clean slate compared to some of these veterans. That's appealing to me. <laughs> That's appealing. This is this is not some of these other teams that go all in trading draft picks that feel like yeah. we have a Super Bowl roster and and we can mortgage some of our picks to go up and get, you know, a different player we can trade for a, a veteran pro bowl or whatever you want to do. Cardinals are in the opposite space like I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of free agency. How many true untouchables are on this roster? Three, two, maybe Buda Baker, yeah. Kyler Murray ish. That's about it. Some guys are untouchable because their contract is immovable, right? James right. Connor's got a big contract. Zach Ertz, who they like, has a big contract. Jalen Thompson, like those are untouchables for a different way. So, I mean, the Cardinals, again, we love to see it. They've got a new GM, which means you can open up to your mind to, oh, yeah, we can hit on picks late in the draft. Yeah. That's allowed. I mean, it really, people kind of, get scared off because there's been so much lack of movement since Ryan Poles and the bears pulled off the deal to trade out of one and, uh, and get the deal that they did with the Carolina Panthers. What is it? Ninth overall, uh, to, to where like, if if you're Atlanta, if you're Vegas and you want to get up to three, you're going to have to pay a premium. You're still going to have, you're going to have to pay a very high price to where the Colts don't have to necessarily pay. And then the Arizona Cardinals could turn that even more so because there, there's a, there's another quarterback that people view as a potential top 10 quarterback in, in Levis yeah. or ever how they have their, their quarterback stack. So it, I mean, obviously advantageous, but like you just want Monty Austin for it to make the right deal for, for the initial pick for three, because that's the, yeah. that's the lottery ticket. You got to get that one right. And you don't want to sell it too low and just be like, well, this, it seems like it's the right move, but, I mean, if you can create a bidding war and, and get the Colts involved too, might that might be the biggest play, right? Because like, hey, you got Atlanta, you got Vegas that's willing to move all the way up, still within the top 10, but it's going to take more than 34 to just get this job done. So, I mean, we'll see when that, that conversation starts to happen. I, I think teams are still so hyper-focused on free agency and how yeah. they can retool the rosters and put it in the best shape possible. Uh, before they really focus the draft season and what they're going to do at that, as far as move up or move down or whatever they they're looking for their roster to do, I think you hit the nail on the head. There was a sense of urgency mm-hmm. with teams trying to get up to one. Uh, yeah. Not that there's not with number three, but not as great. Uh, a couple more super chats pertaining to the NFL draft. This is from Kev Brooks, four ninety nine. Thank you so much, Kev. What if Richardson goes top two? That will open up so many trade options. Hundred percent, he definitely could. I mean, Bryce Young is small like really small. And so mm-hmm. I think that's uh, teams are rethinking that. Look at the smaller quarterbacks. We love Kyler Murray's been injured. 
We love Tua. He's been injured, right? These smaller guys, you got to make sure you have the right frame of mind, the stability, the protection, the offense. Don't you think like Richardson and, and Young, they're, there's, they're polarizing prospects, no doubt about it, and Stroud to an extent too, but like there are teams that it just takes one team that loves them. And, oh, no doubt. You know, you know, there's there's teams that are doing their homework on these quarterbacks, and like it, it doesn't matter if it's Young, if it's Richardson, if it's Stroud, whatever quarterbacks available, like there's going to be a team that views them as as QB one and, and somebody that they can go with going forward. Like, is it is it Richardson who has the size, everything you want, or does it the guy that has the tape and the hardware, like like uh, like uh, Young has? Well, don't discount what ownership can the part they can play in this whole thing. Because somebody like Jim Ursay watches TV, consumes media, and says, oh, everybody says that these are the top three guys. We got to get one of those, right? Like, Chris Ballard does not call the shots there. That's why Jeff Saturday was their interim head coach. There are impressionable owners out there that see the physical stature of Anthony Richardson and say, well, that, that can be Jalen Hurts 2.0. We can do the same exact thing. Why aren't we in the mix to get one of these top three guys? It does feel like, you know, Will Levis has fallen below the pack a little bit, and that's fine because you know what? If there is, Bo, a clear hierarchy, that only helps the Cardinals. Whereas if you if you find a way to talk yourself into one of the four, then you can say, mm -hmm. well, I can just wait until after pick three. But if there's a clear crescendo of a trip of triplets in this draft where it's Richardson, Young, and Stroud, that's the Cardinals basically lottery ticket say, hey, this is this is your last trip to the island, right? This is your last golden ticket before mm -hmm. there's a it falls off a cliff. I saw um, you know, a QB ranking, I think from Chris Sims, who take it with a grain of salt, had our guy, um, the kid from what was it, US or um UCLA ahead of Will Levis. So the which DR? is crazy. Yeah, which is crazy. And that Chris Sims does some crazy shit, but yeah, like he does. Chris, like it feels like Anthony Richardson has at least joined the conversation with the top three guys. This is a two dollar super chat from Jonathan. Uh, I'll pose this to you, Bo. Other than Anderson, who do you like? He likes Cody Mach, but who do you like uh, as an option for the Arizona Cardinals, either at three or in a trade down scenario? Yeah, Mach is kind of a versatile offensive lineman, probably going to play the guard position in North Dakota State. He's obviously he was the darling of the Senior Bowl. He's got the long, flowing red hair. He's missing his front teeth. Uh, you got the big old gut on full display, attractive. making sure it gets attractive. the right amount of sun. He told us, mm -hmm. he's like, I got my gut out. Cause I wanted to, to get some sun, uh, out here on the playing field in mobile. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's, it, it really depends on what the Cardinals do. If you're sitting, if you're sticking and picking, I think Johnny and I are both of the belief, like we loved Anderson jr. Right. I mean, I think, you know, if, if Jonathan him. Gannon is and Nick Rollis are true to the word that they're, they're not going to be scheme focused and they're going to build the scheme around the players and they're going to build it around how they're going to attack opposing offenses, then Will Anderson Jr. helps you do that immediately, right? And he's got the high character. He doesn't have any red flags like some of the other prospects. But if you end up trading down, if you remain in the top 10, you start to look at some other premium positions. I've seen Tyree Wilson in there, a, a guy that would probably be more well-versed to be a 4-3 edge at 6-7, mm -hmm. the wingspan yep. of like uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh, but not as productive as you want it from Texas Tech. And then you got like Christian Gonzalez, who I think, I mean, what we liked as far as his size and athleticism out of Oregon. I mean, those are all guys in play. Like if you're a Witherspoon guy, it really depends on who you, you how you evaluate the cornerback position. But I think that that's what you're looking at, right? A couple edge guys, you're looking at some corners. 
I think there's only one defensive tackle that's in the conversation for top 10, but I don't think the Cardinals are going to be in the business of drafting a guy like Jalen Carter with his red flag. So it's really going to be interesting to see how Monty Austinfort in his first season as the Arizona, our off season as Arizona Cardinals general, general manager, how he attacks this because he's going to have uh, the, the options are endless. But once you get into the second round, guys like mock is probably too early for the second round, but you look at, you know, John Michael Schmitz, the center out of Minnesota. You got some maybe some defensive tackles uh, in that round. Uh, or you the guard from I, the guard from Florida, Osiris guard from Florida. Yeah, Osiris Torrance. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's. Uh, I think that they can do a lot as far as building the trenches and 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 maybe focus on some some spots that they'd uh, been kind of just turning uh, with. their nose up at. Yeah. The line of scrimmage play for this team has been egregious outside of, you know, some flash performances from J.J. Watt. Um, Yeah, there's a good question here from Andrew. What would be the bare minimum for a trade down? It just really depends on where you go. I would say, though, Indianapolis, you want to move down one spot. I think Team 33rd or the 33rd team got it right. It's pick 35. And that, I mean, that's a hard pill to swallow. Right, Right. yeah. And if there's a QB tax that plays a factor into this, I mean, I would be shocked as some people pointed out. They're, I mean, they're not going to stay at three. If 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 Monty Austin Ford's good at his job, they do not stay at pick three. Um, but I mean, we were adamantly told by some people at the combine that they will not take Will Anderson. That they will they will take Tyree over Will Anderson. I hope that that's not true. But the people who are telling us that are are right more often than not. So again, right. I think that they're not. I think there's a better chance that probably they're not put in that position because they're they're picking what seven eight nine ten eleven somewhere in that range and if you get to that point i think it's a mixture of uh paris johnson jr i think it's christian gonzalez i think it's some of these not second tier guys but um you know some of these other eight to ten guys that that you they can really talk yourself into oh these are really good first round picks that we can kick off our rebuild for um before we get to our next set of reads from our phenomenal partners let's talk about deandre hopkins um, okay. because Brandon Cooks was traded for ham sandwich over the weekend. Um, Bo I thought we were talking about DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins, what did I say? Well, you said that Brandon Cooks, what does he have to do with DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Well, Brandon, <laughs> everybody on Twitter, not in some mid ass wide receiver you want to, that, that, that covers the conversation about D Hop. Yeah. Um, Brandon Cooks, who's a good player, but he's been yeah. traded about a million times over. Got traded for a fifth and a sixth this is from a team. From Houston last year, I mean, he's got some concussion issues that have been well documented. But he's a, he's a nice quit on his team, you know. Good guy. But but everybody <laughs> came to the conclusion that because Brandon Cooks got traded for a fifth and a sixth, well, the DeAndre Hopkins market was right. a shitter. That you might as well keep DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins. Um, while this is not Bo the the trade market of last year where we saw Devontae and Tyreek go for multiple ones and it was more robust because those players aren't available again. The the fact the notion that DeAndre Hopkins is basically worthless now is such a, a fucking joke. This yeah. team, he's been the best player on the team since they since they acquired him. He was the best player in Houston. They for should 10 just years. release him at this point, Johnny. Right. I yeah, mean, just get what, rid what of him. Doing, what are they doing now? His yeah. market is completely just it's tanked. Don't go in there. Don't go in there and yeah. and take the guy that nine games his production was more than Brandon Cooks played in 13 games. Or Adam Thielen's getting three years, $25 million. Oh, my God, the Carolina Panthers paid Adam Thielen $14.5 million guaranteed to come play football. That means DeAndre Hopkins. Who's going to pay for that? I I mean, 
you're looking at teams, especially Dallas, and I, and we read this on Friday. Like the the number for DeAndre Hopkins would have to come down significantly. That's why they weren't on Odell Beckham. They were mm-hmm. bargain shopping for wide receiver to play opposite Ceedee Lamb, who's going to have to take a serious step forward now that Brandon Cooks is going to be. Is he even their second option? Like, is Michael Gallup going to still be there? He's got to be their second option. He's better than Brandon Cooks at this point in his career, correct? Yeah, correct. Uh, so, like, these are this is not the same. It's it's disrespectful to say that the the move that was around Brandon Cooks, surrounding Brandon Cooks, is going to impact how it's going to DeAndre Hopkins and the Cardinals' ability to trade him. Just because the Dallas Cowboys got a good deal on a third wide receiver doesn't mean that DeAndre Hopkins can't get a second or third round pick in return. Who's the team that's been quiet throughout this whole pursuit of receivers? It's been the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. who Benjamin Albright told us at the combine they were adamant. He's like, I think it's going to be Kansas City, and he he told us it's like we were surprised. We were still asking the question of, oh, where could D Hop be traded? We're we're just going to start getting into this conversation. Oh, it's going to be Kansas City. Um, so now this is on Twitter, Bo. I just ret- retweeted it. I'm going to butcher this guy's last name. I'm so sorry, Charles Amanihu who plays defensive end for Kansas City, tweets out the following. He ats D-Hop, come on, fam. We waiting on you. Hashtag <laughs> Chiefs Kingdom. Uh, we're waiting on you, too. Tra- Andre, does Charles know that Monty's the one pulling the strings? Yeah. Monty's going yeah, to have to Yeah, why aren't you here call? at the facility with us right now? Because <laughs> uh, you're still under contract and the Cardinals on your rights right now. But um, it does feel like there's, goodness, I don't want to call it momentum there. I don't think Baltimore is in play. For D Hop, and I don't know that. I don't have that source. Baltimore, like their quarterback situation is unresolved. How can they bring in DeAndre Hopkins? That to me, especially if you're not willing to pay Lamar, you're going to pay D Hop big time money. The Chiefs have been status quo this entire offseason. They they didn't didn't look like they showed any interest in re-signing Juju. Bo, they're not signing or trading for any of these second tier guys. It does feel like Hopkins to Kansas City. Like, is it for pick sixty three? Because it, please God, better not be for their last pick of the third round. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's you're bracing for impact now, right? I mean it, it's it's like the the market is is materialized and it hasn't materialized how you've wanted it to. You didn't think that these teams that were in a prime position go out and get themselves a playmaker the caliber of DeAndre Hopkins. They didn't take it seriously enough, and that's fine. That's if their GMs want to think that they're smarter and that they analytically can find a a player that's comparable. But when you watch the tape and you see like this Brandon cooks, the defense is like, do they show their hand because of where Brandon cooks is lined up at any given point? No, but Deandre Hopkins did like Deandre Hopkins made the game easier for his entire offense because defenses had to kind of show how they were going to try to defend him. You don't get that with the Thielens. You don't get that with the cooks. Uh, And, you know, I think it's, it's fine that Monty Austin Ford is holding out for the for the better deal because I think patience he's going to be rewarded for it at this point. Okay. It's not hey I'm going to rush to it because I only view Kansas City as the only viable option or you know every day there's a different Patriots podcaster saying that DeAndre Hopkins to the Patriots is imminent. Like there's still there's still teams there's probably there's 31 other teams that view DeAndre Hopkins they would love to see him on their team. They just got to figure out you know. What's it worth it worth to them to make that deal happen? Because I also you gotta, think you got to make it go work cap wise. He's got you. You got to make sure that his production's got not going to immediately fall off a cliff like thirty-one-year-old wide receivers. It often happens in this league. That's just reality. 
uh, and you know what it's going to cost draft capital wise. If you if you start slumming in the third round, and I emphasize slumming because you are slumming at that point. If you're getting rid of D Hop for a third round pick, then you better reengage every fucking team in the NFL. And I don't I don't mean to swear and be abrasive here, but like the fact that Kansas City Clutching is offering you. Yeah, the fact that Kansas City is offering you pick 95, we don't know that for sure. Yeah. But it's like I I'm I'm saying, "Okay, Kansas City, let me go check with all the other teams in the let me go check with the 30 other teams in the NFL before I engage you with for pick 95." Here are their draft picks. For those of you who don't know, Kansas City's got pick 31. They've got pick 63, which is the very last pick of the second round. Which is come on, that's basically a third. Andy Reid, Brett Veach, don't be so selfish pick 95 then they've got two picks in the fourth they've got 122 and 134 122 came via the Tyreek Hill um swap so it's like do you oh would would Twitter would cards Twitter burn Bo Brock if the, Cardinals, right if the Cardinals accept it's always on fire <laughs> as is the chat leave a like if the Cardinals accepted pick 95 and pick 122 for DeAndre Hopkins. What do you think? What do you think the feedback would be? That they gave him away. The Cardinals did sign a quarterback. They just announced it. Did you know that? Let's hear it. The along with the Zach Pascal agreement, uh, on the two year deal, they announced that the magic man, David Blaine Blau, has signed a one year contract with the Arizona Cardinals. That's right. Rafa's right. David Blau is black. He's back. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something definitively. The, the Cardinals, uh, this has come out. The Cardinals were in on Joshua Dobbs. Yeah. Uh, they did not sign Joshua Dobbs. I don't know why they didn't sign Joshua Dobbs. He went back to Cleveland. Um, I don't know if David Blau is meant to be uh the clipboard holder or a guy you want to start games with in September I sure as hell hope not with all due respect to David Blau um that would be a tough look for Monty Austin Ford and company um and he he was fine in the Atlanta game he was serviceable enough you need quarterbacks for OTAs um why they didn't get something done with Joshua Dobbs I don't know because Joshua Dobbs going back to Cleveland is backing up Deshaun Watson or going to Cleveland uh, whereas Joshua Dobbs coming to Arizona would have been the starter. And so, yeah. uh, again, there are still some other quarterbacks available. I don't think we want to connect the dots into David Blau is going to be the starter for this team. I'm not ready yeah. to do that. There, there's familiarity, I guess, with Dave Sears and David Blau. He spent some time in Detroit. So did David Sears, the assistant general manager. Um, yeah, I mean, he could be a camp arm. He could be a guy that could legitimately compete. I I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe that was something that they needed to figure out as far as because right now your quarterback room is you've got Kyler Murray who's rehabbing, not going to be an option probably until close to the start of the season, and then is he going to be available? Probably not going to be available to start the season. But as far you need camp arms, so the Cardinals have under contract that's available to throw Colt McCoy and David Blau, so they needed to sign somebody. And well, they're and not they, done. They could they could draft a quarterback and a quarterback play early too. Um, in the season, you could start a rookie. That'd be aggressive without knowing who that rookie is. Uh, I I could imagine David Blau is signing for the vet minimum. I I don't I don't think David Blau's coming with a robot. 
vet minimum with maybe incentives that, hey, if you end up being the starter, how many games do you start? We'll pay you out so yeah. much money. Um, but where do they, I'll call it, where do they pivot after not landing Joshua Dobbs for whatever reason? I couldn't tell you because they want to be able to run the same style of play as Kyler Murray and Jacoby Brissett and Dobbs fit that mold, right? Dobbs is not available now. So I know David Blau can move a little bit, but is David Blau just, you know, did he come to ownership and Monty and say, Hey, I'd like to give this another shot. I was productive last year. Give me a chance. Can you at least I'm hanging around the Valley. Can you at least invite me to camp? Um, so Interesting, interesting fold. I could should have should have known by the, the look on your face when that news broke that it was not <laughs> it was not good news. Uh, with all due respect to David Blau, it, it's it's kind of curious to see how many people they're they're returning. I mean, I would I wouldn't have expected Blau to be a part of it. I, I like the joke uh, from Marco in the chat saying Christian Gonzalez. You say Christian Gonzalez from the top cornerback prospects. He's uh, David Blau's brother-in-law. Uh, the cornerback from Oregon, his sister, the Colombian Olympian hurdler is his sister. And uh, I actually asked him at the combine, you know, David Blau, what is, is he been, what's he been to you? And what's he told you about the Cardinals organization? He said nothing but nice things and, and this and that, and that you know, he's known him since he's been 10 and now yeah. he's a, he's an adult and he's going to be a top, you know, first round draft pick the Cardinals trade down that you could reunite the uh that family there but <laughs> it's it's just it's puzzling to me now now the quarterback position I I don't think I mean this that's got to be the where you, where you feel real uncomfortable even this early in the offseason going into the 2023 season uh yeah I mean I don't feel comfortable with these with these quarterbacks right now but it's early I mean it's it's March 20th you got time I mean, who's going to be who? Who's going to be their quarterbacks during OTAs, Bo? Like, who? Who's going to be out wow. there? That's it. Don't you have to have like two to three quarterbacks at OTAs typically? Uh, it, it just depends. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, there is a, there is a lot of time between now and then. I'm sure they'll add another quarterback. I think so. Uh, between now and April, but right now you've got, and we'll see what the status of, of Colt McCoy is. Uh, as the team, he, they then they admit that he had a procedure this off season, and yeah. we'll see if he's even available. But he's 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 working his way back. But you got two guys that are potentially available. One guy is Blau, um, and we'll we'll I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe we'll maybe Brian, maybe we'll have Cliff come back and throw some balls. It's uh, man, it's a little dicey right now. A little, little dicey uh, at that position. Needless to say, we get to some of these super chats here. Dylan Richards, $1.99. Any thoughts on Buddha's cryptic tweet about Wolves? Buddha Baker's getting paid a premium. They love Buddha Baker. Buddha probably isn't happy with the direction of the team this offseason. I don't know that for sure. He lost his good friend, defensive coordinator, his mentor. The, everything will be fine with Buddha. I mean, like, here, here's what I want to say about the safety position has been devalued so much, and Buddha's important to the Cardinals, but like, I, I don't think Buddha's going to hold out and force the Cardinals to trade him like it Buddha is the heartbeat of this team they'll figure that shit out I everybody's I mean nobody wants to be part of a rebuilding team if you're Buddha Baker you want to go win but it's up to it's Gannon and Austin Ford's responsibility Bo to be able to go to Buddha Baker and say here's our vision just help us see this through and that's why he's been he's been paid a premium I mean right. just you know I 
Adrian Wilson was a part of a lot of shit losing teams until Ken Wisenhunt came along and they went to a Super Bowl. So it just it takes it takes time. You want to catch a wolf, you need wolves. That was that was the tweet. I mean, isn't that could from be, Training Day? Is it? I think so. Like Denzel saying that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, right. maybe I'm maybe I'm making that up. <laughs> Little Dreezy thirteen four ninety nine super chat. If nobody gives us a serious offer, this is a good question. Really good question yeah. for Hopkins. Is there any scenario he stays, Bo Brock? I mean, Albert Breer was talking about that very scenario in his Monday morning quarterback article today, saying like, if if the value or the return on some of these teams looking to deal these wide receivers, and he lumped the Cardinals in with the Broncos because mm-hmm. they've got Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy that they've been kind of taking calls on, and the Cardinals are obviously with DeAndre Hopkins, but if they don't get what they view as, you know. Uh, comparable or equal value for their wide receiver maybe they need to reevaluate and maybe hold on it's more valuable for them to hold on to deandre hopkins and get you know the production on the field i just i i feel like despite what the market has kind of presented to them that they're still motivated to be sellers on deandre hopkins so yeah i to me and and until until you we bid adieu to the officially to the 2023 offseason I think he's still on the table and they're still taking calls and they'll still take calls throughout training camp and preseason and until the season kicks off in September. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I think, again, it's an asset. You hate to say this. It's only going to de- depreciate. I mean, he's not going to be worth what he's worth right now next offseason because he's going to be a year older. He's not going to be more expensive. But I, I think receivers in general after they reach 30 their their value starts to go down so i think cardinals wisely are just saying we're in a different spot clearly you're fucking signing david blau in mid to late march you're not in a position where with your quarterback out that you can maximize deandre hopkins so get what you can for him um this this whole deandre hopkins saga i really do think it's kind of put a a precursor on when they're going to trade down it feels like one has to happen before the other but i i still think even if it's after the draft which i don't imagine it would be i mean shit it could happen draft night if we even get to that point where they could say well we're going to trade d hop so some team can have d hop because they missed out on a wideout they wanted right trent williams once upon a time was dealt by the washington commanders uh on draft weekend so it remains to be seen what doesn't remain to be seen is the fact that you can get some soup deals at gophnx.com the phnx merchandise locker become a diehard today Boy, oh boy, do we have some events you're not going to want to miss, and you can get exclusive access and discounts if you become a diehard, as well as a free hat or T-shirt. Every year you're a diehard at the PHNX Merchandise Locker. Check it out right now. Come yell at Bo and I in the exclusive member Discord. Check out our guy Howard Balzer's articles. Most of her for free, but regardless, slam that promo code Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D. There is no better time to become a diehard than right now at gophnx.com, Bo. It's uh, tough to find any better time to hit up more furniture than right now. They've got great deals going on where you can really maximize what you got going on in your house, your condo, your apartment. You got the living rooms, the bedrooms, the dining rooms, your guest rooms, your kids' rooms, your office and entertainment center. You're looking for furniture. They've got it for you. They get custom to order furniture. You can pick out the frames, the fabrics that you want. And uh, get, you know, match what you've already got going on in your home. You've got the limited time door busters like the Bolero two power recliner. It's black leather. It's sleek. It's beautiful. It's comfortable. 
and it's uh, it's under 800 bucks. It's a door buster for you. You got to check it out. We've got a bunch of them right now in our lounge where we watch. We just watch endless hours of March Madness, and we watch endless hours of football there. Do it for yourself. Whatever you got going on at your home, you don't have this recliner. You got to get it. Morefurniture.com. They've got the white glove delivery as well. It doesn't get any better when you set up the white glove delivery. They'll take the furniture that you order online. They'll bring it to your house. They'll unpack it. They'll put it in exactly where you want it. They'll get rid of all the packing materials, and it'll be like, got a new piece of furniture right where you want it, and that's all you had to do. You didn't even have to lift a finger for it. Got to check them out. Morefurniture.com. More furniture. Big, save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. Um, let's talk about uniforms. Let's do it. Um, with, with respect, we got inundated with messages. We love it. We're on the uniform front. We're pushing for them. We've asked ownership, leaders, when are new uniforms coming? Um, to be frank, Bo, I'd kind of conceded that's not going to happen anytime soon when mm-hmm. their facilities are flunking, you know, F minuses and you can't even put together a quality weight room and you're paying people for meal or you can't, you, you're charging people for meals that are players. Buda Baker can't take home, you know, a tuna fish sandwich or some, or some salad <laughs> without paying a premium. Right. I'm like, well, sh- uniforms went to about the 130th on the depth chart there. Right. Um, but there was a report this weekend Arizona Football Daily reporting that new uniforms are coming this offseason. So I'm I'm the floor is yours. What do you what do you make of that? How, how do you how do you think whole this how do you think this whole thing's gonna shake out? The Arizona Cardinals get new uniforms after like one of the worst, most trying seasons. Uh it's I, I think some are like, okay, you're slapping paint on a dilapidated house, right? Is it, is it worth it? But no, I mean, it's been long overdue. This is, you're yeah. leading the charge. You've been leading this charge for oh, I a haven't. long time. There's been no, many of you. What? You, you've been pounding no, the trying. table for okay. Arizona Cardinals to get new uniforms. And the, now there's a rumor or a report that it's going to happen, uh, or they're going to get new jerseys. And did it say new jerseys or like, is it the bullshit where you're just going to have an alternative black helmet? Somebody's going to have to keep me honest here because I didn't hear the report. Right. I was just told about it. But there's a big difference between alternative logos and, you know, this <laughs> color rush. So you finally like, hear a rumor beyond just, just I want speculation that that's 50% off at just sports that the jerseys that, and, and now you, you don't have any faith that it's going to happen? Are you just I'm that trying to be, of a man? I'm trying to be respectful, but I've been scorned. And, and like, I'm not on the rumor beat where, like, I'm getting notified. I get notified with pictures from, like, you know, inside warehouses where people are saying, like, this is legitimate. And then I'll try to run with it. And then I'll be told, no, that's for somebody's youth football camp or that's for a signing that somebody's doing. Right. So I, again, like. I've not been burned many times, but I've seen every ounce of evidence that it's changing and then it hasn't right. changed. Right. Because the ownership hasn't changed. And then right. I, again, you flunk your NFL PA grades and it's like, well, okay, should they be getting new uniforms before they get new facilities or charging people for meals? I don't know about that. Because as, like, as long as Bidwell's not the one sitting there, with the, the uniform designer and committing time. Or, oh, he I definitely mean, is. As, you don't think Michael Bidwell has significant input on these uniforms? Oh, I'm of sure he does. I'm sure. Yeah. But as, as long as he's not delegating or taking any of his time that, and I, 
maybe you could make the argument, maybe it's a good thing that he's focused on that. And then the football personnel people and the front office people are making other decisions. As long as you delegate it to the right people to make the decisions, it's not like you can't be in two places at one time. If you're, if you're getting an organizational reset, like this is, that's a, that's, that's not a problem in my opinion. It's been long overdue. Just is, as as long if this this team continues to endure its facelift, right? As long yeah. as they're going about it the right way, then then that's fine. Like if Can as I, long as like the grass isn't always greener, don't just change just to change. Right. But if there is truth to it, then that's great. That's what people have been asking for for far too long. They haven't changed Johnny, they haven't changed their uniforms since 2004. Well, they hadn't hired an external GM since 1994. I know. Um, so good things are happening, right? Can well, we embrace that? Can I, I'm going to say something super unpopular and okay. uh, this is my honest opinion. And I, I will rep the, these un, new uniforms, color schemes, no matter, they could look poop Brown. I don't care. I am that it, it's the opposite of Hopkins return. Like I'll just take whatever you give me. Remember everybody hated like the Seahawk uniforms. There yeah. are going to be people. If this happens that shit on the new uniforms that rip them, the, the, the current uniform, as long as they're not like a comparison of what they have, the current uniforms are so bad. And mm-hmm. so like mid two thousands, like, you know, what it makes me think of, I see those uniforms. It's like the mi- millennium, you know, backstreet boy album. That's what it makes me think of like piping down the side and like big Junko jeans. <laughs> Wait, what? That's that the millennium album for the backstreet boys. That's what an oversized jerseys, right? That's what those jerseys make me think of <laughs> like early two thousands cool like the and lebron they, james like draft like them wearing yeah. like the big baggy suits oversized suits like yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't care what they look like literally anything is better than what they have right now i've been saying for years like bring back the 90s aesthetic with a couple tweaks if you want to buy yourself some time do that put the flag on the shoulder go basic and clean get the current uniforms right they're not only the worst in the nfl there's some of the like there's there's ugly, fun uniforms, which I appreciate. These are ugly, ugly. Like legitimately, when they roll these out, take all your jerseys and put them in a in a big dumpster or put them in a bonfire. You know, perform it safely. Like, yeah, these these and are not. I never want to like, see. Hey, you got the the. This is crazy that this is the year. Oh, you've got the 2004 through 2022 Arizona Cardinals. Oh, the throwbacks. Ooh, <laughs> the throwbacks. Yeah, I love those throwbacks. No, the nearly no, twenty year old. Your eyes. I, so yeah, bad. it's they, they held on to those like they were classics. Like it's like the the sto- like the Dallas these? Star. Here's why. He, here's why he did it. This has been the winningest era of Cardinal football ever, ever. They've won more games in this time period, 2003, 2004, to now, sadly, than they've ever done before. So I'm sure he's got some nostalgia. It's the uniform that they went to the Super Bowl with that they won a couple of NFC West titles. So I get that. But it's time to graduate. Put these to bed. Again, no disrespect to the report. I've seen it a hundred times over. I hope it's true. I don't know if it's true. We've tried to manifest it. I've tried to manifest. I've asked the GM, multiple GMs, multiple (laughs) head coaches for this franchise to their face. Please change the uniform. So hopefully it's coming. Be a big dub. It'd be a big big dub. dub. I, I don't buy into... Classy nasty saying forget the new shiny uh forget the new shiny uniforms. We need free food and a new gym. I just I, I don't I, you can do it all. 
You can do it all. You're an NFL organization. You have to. I heard our guys from PHNX Sun Devils talking about the basketball facilities and the unwillingness yeah. from, from Arizona State to invest in that. And it's the same thing. It's like you want to you want to play with the big boys. You got to pay. You have to pay top dollar. Like you have to have your facilities top notch. That's what the, the Cardinals. They're learning a harsh lesson that if you don't, you're going to get exposed for it. And you know, it's, it's time to update everything, and, and that includes your uniforms. Like everything is past due. Everything is well past its expiration date. And it's time to get some new unis. And if I haven't seen any other anybody else report this, any other Cardinals insider re- report this, so uh, I'll, I'll I'll wait till that happens. But as of I'm right not, now, it's, and I'm not, we're not hoping it's it's false. Yeah. By the way, we hope for it's sure. True. As soon as as soon as somebody else comes out and reports it, and and we can we can start to spike the football, and then start to because there's some there's some great. I'd love to see some like. Hit us up at PHNX underscore Cardinals with some of your favorite like new uniform concepts because they've been going around for far too long because the team hasn't done dog shit as far they've as been going around for ex- like a decade. I know the best the best one the, we put it on the show last year. I can't find another copy of it. Are these like desert esque the Sonoran like, Sand one? Yeah, oh for my sure. god, they're fantastic. Oh, the Bidwell would never do it, but embrace like the desert kind of like SWAT team vibes. Oh, it's it it goes so hard. It's it's the polar opposite of their uniforms it now. Would get old, love it. You it would so? get old though. Yeah, it'd be a nice alternate. I think you got to incorporate desert themes to it because here's like you're not so in St. Louis anymore. Like, the uniform you wear week in mm-hmm. and week out. Yeah, because yeah. like they're Cardinals and desert aren't synonymous. I don't care about. I love the Cardinal bird on the helmet, but like you should be synonymous with the valley. The valley is is where your bread is going to be buttered. Don't be synonymous and loyal to a bird that has never won you anything in Chicago and St. Louis. Embrace the Valley. Embrace what the Suns, and I know the Suns are, they're organic and they're original to to, to the Phoenix, to, to the Valley, but I don't know. Embrace what you have. You're here now. You're not going anywhere. So embrace that. Um, topic 64, $20 Super Chat. Thank you so much, Topic. Uh, 1999, I should say. Bowen Johnny not sold on Marco Wilson. Three picks, three batted passes. Show some skill and j- and jump around. Uh, mm-hmm. We need a cornerback one. Uh, also, we need two wide receivers, tall receivers. Why don't you both speak on Auden Tate and Javon Wims? Well, those are depth guys, but they're going to have yeah. a chance to show what they can do this this training camp. Listen, I think the the, the beauty topic of, of this entire offseason is everybody's like a clean slate. Like everybody's got to go and compete, or you're getting cut, or you're getting traded, or you get waived. And so everybody can come here and say, well, there's no favoritism to Kingsbury with Kime. Like, you got to be a dog out there. You got to compete. And w- the one thing I continue to hear about Jonathan Gannonbo is like, he wants guys with chips on their shoulder, undrafted late round picks to come and steal jobs. And I think yeah. there's a perfect opportunity for that. Yeah. And the addition in Zach Pascal, a, a guy who can come in, who knows the system, he's going to have a leg up on, on guys like Javon Wims, who was on this practice squad for most of the season last year and Auden Tate at the end of last season, who I, I believe was with the Bengals for the early part of his career and, and guys with size, but guys who had opportunities that never really took full advantage of that. And there are going to be unique opportunities for guys like that to catch and find roles on this team. But uh, to, to your Marco Wilson point, yeah, I mean – He's just CB1 by default right now. Is he is he a guy that's on the rise? Sure. Is there a guy that has a ton of room for improvement? Absolutely. 
But as far as what Flash and, and as far as who flashed in the secondary last year, uh, I think you you can't argue that Marco Wilson had a really solid second season, sophomore season, after kind of really falling flat at the end of his rookie year, at the end of a promising start to his career, kind of fell flat at the end and then was able to – I mean, he was he lost his job to Antonio Hel- Hamilton in training camp. And then once he Hamilton had the freak incident in his kitchen – uh, with the Burns and, and Marco Wilson regained his job, I, I think that he did a really good job there throughout the season and being one of the more consistent guys. Now, is he CB1? No, not at this point, but can he be a part of your defensive secondary and be, you know, play a big role in that? I, I don't, I, I think that he can. I absolutely believe he can. He's got the skill set. If, if a guy, yeah. if Jonathan Gannon is, is the cornerback guru that we believe him to be, uh, he, a guy who's worked with DBs his entire career, then I, I like that match. Yeah. Uh, Marco had top 50 prospect attributes coming out of Florida. He he dropped to the fourth because he threw a shoe and cost the team a game at Florida. I, I believe he would have been a second round pick had he not. His, his, his athleticism is off the charts and you want him in your secondary. But like if they take Christian Gonzalez, nine or 10, I mean, right. it's a hell of a duo, assuming that you get Marco to take that next step and Christian Gonzalez is a transcendent player. I don't think anybody's saying if, Marco Wilson is is elite, but I I, right. I would I would wager he continues to develop under Gan. If if they if they sign Rocky Sen, who is reportedly visiting a couple of different organizations, but a guy who has uh experience working under Jonathan Gannon from Indianapolis, but Marco Wilson sh- needs to be the better cornerback of those two. Like yeah. it's just far as his skill set and what he's shown through two seasons. Like I, I think that he has the ability to to develop still, especially under Rollis and, and Gannon. Uh, is is he going to be locked down? Is he going to be the next Jair Alexander? No, but I think he can be a really good starting cornerback in the NFL. I just think we're reading too much. I like I I know corner is important. The Cardinals' pass rush was so bad last year, and it's it's hard to gouge. I mean, look at the look at the game where they had a, an adequate pass rush. And they were, you know, pick six in Andy Dalton left and right. I mean, when they can yeah. get after the quarterback, I think Marco is really good. But I, I mean, he's not Patrick Sertain, but he was a fourth round pick. People are, goodness, hard on Marco Wilson, and they're not hard on Isaiah. Isaiah Simmons is the eighth pick in the draft and was also benched at the beginning of the last year. But he's got, you know, more supporters than somebody like Marco Wilson, who was a fourth round pick, who I think has been one of Kimes, and this isn't saying much, best draft picks, especially on day three that he's ever had. Uh, Jose, what Johnny, you're dissing the Cardinal. I can't agree with that. I'm not dissing the Cardinal. I just wish the Cardinals as a franchise would do more to incorporate Valley vibes and the Valley in general into their uniforms. It just feels like just commit, put a ring on it. Yeah. Incorporate some of that. <laughs> Go back to the flag, incorporate some, of uh, some, some of the themes here. Cause there are so many themes and, uh, speaking of themes, you can theme your way onto your phone or smart device right now. Subscribe to the PHNX Cardinals podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, I think it's going to be a <laughs> Jalen, you're Johnny coming at Isaiah Simmons. No, it's just it's a funny <laughs> exercise. Going to keep his Iron Man streak of uh, it's a funny Isaiah exercise going. Yes, everybody's like Marco Wilson is a bum, and then Isaiah. Well, Simmons you see, Tua got his fifth year option picked up today. Arizona Cardinals. We still, I mean, Monty, he's got until May second to do that. You know, is that something that they're going to pull the trigger on? I mean, that's. Do they want to invest $12 million for the 2024 season in, in um, Isaiah Simmons? They've been pinching pennies this offseason. You think those bros are about to pay Isaiah Simmons $12 million next offseason before he's ever played a snap for Jonathan Gannon? No, they're not going to do that. This podcast has been telling you, man. 
look, they, they can say everything they want and they should because it's the optics and it's playing the game, public affairs and media relations. Marco Wills, or excuse me, Isaiah Simmons does not have a position. I asked Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin for he doesn't have a position yet. So why could how could you pick up his fifth year option? What are you doing? They don't even have a quarterback. And people are like, got to pick up that star linebacker that was overdrafted <laughs> by the last GM. Maybe they'll play uh, Isaiah Simmons at quarterback. <laughs> CB1, Isaiah Simmons right there. Oh, man. Good stuff. Uh, good to be back today, man. Lots it does of good feel questions. good. That, that four-day lull where they didn't make any moves, it just felt like an eternity. It's like, is this team... Is anybody awake over there at the organization? Are you participating in the offseason, Cardinals? <laughs> Are you in the XFL secretly? Uh, but make sure you're subscribed to PHNX underscore sports here on YouTube. Get those alerts set up because if there is a big move, if there is a D-hop trade or trading down in the draft, better have those alerts because we're going to have an old emergency pod and you don't want to miss out on it. You can join us live and uh, we will tell you, we got a great thing going down, PHNX Sports. Everybody was great today in the chat. We want you to up your game a little bit this Wednesday because Wednesday in the Super Chat, we've got an incredible thing going on where we are going to give back to the Ryan House organization. Yep. All the proceeds in our Super Chat are donated directly to the Ryan House, and we're excited about this event. We can't wait for it to go down and for you guys to be a part of it and uh, in, in helping out this great organization uh with phnx so that's going down wednesday you can learn more about it of course on our socials at phnx underscore sports and phnx underscore cardinals uh excited for this to go down there it is thank you producer emma phnx community day super chats during any broadcast on march 22nd donated directly to ryan house open doors open hearts can't wait for it got one more show between now and then potentially uh, we will talk to you on Tuesday. Have a great rest of your Monday. For Johnny Venerable, I'm Bo Brock. See you then.